3: Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
2: This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. All right, let's
4: bring in John Campbell. John, we got to be... Quick today, because I've been on a uh, a warpath, on a rampage here. The Big Ten basketball tournament is in New York City, and it's actually starting today, I believe. That's going to surprise a lot of people. Where's the value?
5: Yeah, I, I I like Purdue to win, but I think the value again here is on Michigan, and they surprised a lot of people and went on a run to win this tournament last year. But they come in here hot. They've, they've won and covered eight of their last ten. They bring back a lot of the same players from last year. So, so they're one I'm looking at. Michigan and Purdue are are the clear favorites here. Michigan State and Purdue are the clear favorites. Michigan State's favorite to win uh, the NCAA tournament as well.
4: All right, what about the Missouri Valley and the West Coast Conference tournament? Those are also underway, and I know a lot of my listeners will love to gamble. Who do you like in those two tournaments?
5: Well, uh, Loyola Loyola, Chicago should win the Missouri Valley Conference, and they're the clear favorite. But I will be looking to bet the under in this tournament. Uh, It it is a lower-scoring conference. And if you look at Southern Illinois, Drake, Bradley, and Missouri State, those four teams, going back to 2001, they're 72% under. So I really look to bet the under in this conference as it goes along.
4: NFL Combine is off and running. There are some fascinating prop bets that you can bet on. I love the Combine. We're going to talk about it next hour with uh, Jeff Schwartz, my guy, uh, former NFL offensive lineman. What do you see out there in Combine betting that you like?
5: Well, uh, there's, there's always, uh, you can bet on who will have the fastest, uh, 40, 40 yard dash time. The over under on the fastest one is 4.22 seconds. Um, that's the record. If it will be broken, yes, is plus 475. Uh, Saquon Bar- Barkley or Lamar Jackson, who will have the faster forty? There, I think it'll be Saquon Barkley. He's favored as well. Um, yeah, I mean, you can bet on everything in this. You can bet on uh, over/under for for uh, bench presses, uh, for the longest broad jump. So uh, you can have a lot of fun. You can make this pretty boring event pretty fun with some gambling. Uh,
4: there's no doubt at all about that. All right, so um, let's also talk about there are a couple quick things that I want to hit you with. Um, The NHL trade deadline happened and this is crazy. I feel like a lot of people haven't recognized it, but an expansion team, I believe, uh, and I can't even get used to their their name, I think the Las Vegas Golden Knights, are they really the favorite to win the Stanley Cup this year?
5: They are the co favorite along with Tampa Bay, which is absolutely insane because they opened at two hundred to one at the start of the season so i mean this, this is nuts i they are a really good team they're they're the best home team in the n h l uh but this has as much to do with how much money has come pouring in uh on the Vegas Golden Knights, especially in las vegas uh they, The team has just caught total fever there, and everybody can't throw their money fast enough down on them. Uh, I think their odds should be more than this, but uh, it's fascinating that an expansion team is the co-Stanley Cup favorite.
4: Let's talk about this, too. Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all, boosted ratings big time for CBS. He finished, I think, 12th overall in that tournament, and now there's a lot of money rolling in on him. The Masters is about six weeks away-ish, something like that. What are you seeing in terms of Tiger Woods' odds? He always gets backers. We've been talking about, is Tiger back now for about a decade? Is Tiger's betting book back?
5: Well, oddsmakers don't have any choice because golf bettors have completely lost their minds right now with Tiger, and they're just lining up to throw their money on him. He's 4-1 to one to win a major this year. There's only six players ahead of him that have uh, higher odds than that, and He's 16 to one to win the Masters now. So I, I it, that's just nuts to me. Oddsmakers are talking about having the most action ever on a Masters this year, but he's the 389th ranked player in the world and he only has one round in the 60s so far, uh, back on the PGA tour here in his comeback, his most recent comeback. So it's just crazy. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this in betting ever.
4: It is wild. Um what do you think the over under? We're talking to John Campbell. Go check him out at oddshark.com at Johnny Oddshark on Twitter. What do you think the over under would be on bench presses for me at 225 pounds?
5: I'm going to say 5.
4: That's too high. I think I can get three. Too high. I think I can get 3 right now on 225. Although, who knows? I'm a little bit fat now. I noticed that on the cruise when <laughs> I had to get in my vacation. bathing suit. Winter weight has <laughs> definitely piled up on me. So it actually is interesting. Everybody out there knows this. The fatter you get, the more bench presses you can do. It's not a good thing. It's like you're just carrying around more weight, maybe also more muscle. Good stuff as always, John Campbell. We will talk to you next week. Good luck with the conference title game bettings. Thanks, bye. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We bring in Jeff Schwartz now. My guy, eight-year NFL veteran. It's NFL Combine season. Will you watch the Underwear Olympics?
0: I will watch probably the offensive line there on Friday, but I will not go out of my way on the weekend to miss time with my family to watch the Combine. I don't really cover... The draft very heavily if I was covering it obviously I would watch it but I'll watch Friday when my you know when my family's not around and my kids are at school and my wife's at work
4: when you had to put on that spandex outfit how nervous were you
0: <laughs> um so you know when I when I did it it was 10 years ago now we didn't wear the spandex like we wore t- loose t-shirts and loose shorts now everyone wears a spandex oh that's right um how much faster do you the, think you would have the,
4: been in the spandex?
0: Um, maybe a quarter of a second. I mean, I, I probably should have shaved my back here. That would have been faster. Yeah, that would have
4: helped, for um, sure. I I, uh,
0: I was nervous probably for the weigh-in because I needed to lose weight. Like That was what I, I starved myself for many days. I, I didn't know how to lose weight back then, so I basically didn't eat for, like, three days and then weighed in. <laughs> By the time you actually work out, it's, it's like anticlimactic. You, you, you've been there for three and a half days. You're exhausted. You almost just want to get the workout done with and over with. Um, and so that's the way I felt. I, I, I think a lot of guys felt the same way, kind of just like, okay, let's work out. Plus, the workout stuff is stuff we're used to doing. We're used to being in a crowd. Now it's not very crowded in the, in the stadium, but we're used to competing and working out. So that was the easy part. It's the part of like weighing in the interviews, uh, you know, for the mental testing. That stuff is what we're not used to doing.
4: What did you weigh, and what were you trying to weigh?
0: I was three thirty-one. Um, I was trying to be three thirty, so I was close. The problem was is that <clears throat> I was basically three forty-five in college. Um, so to cut all that weight, when I when I was drafted by the Panthers, they told me they wanted me to be three thirty for the season, which was really hard for me to do because I was kind of naturally like three forty. So every week I had to cut a bunch of weight before the weigh-in on Friday, and then as I got older, my weight Went up to about, you know, it was about 340, uh, where I was supposed to be the rest of my career for my weigh in. That was tough. Like, I had to cut a lot of weight Thursday night to make sure I was ready to weigh in Friday when I was with the Panthers.
4: What do you weigh now?
0: Uh, I was 348 the other day.
4: Three forty, because a lot of guys who are on the offensive line in the NFL are trying to constantly keep their weight up, right? Like you see, guys, some of them who yeah. will who will retire and then they drop like sixty pounds. Other guys just go the exact opposite direction, and like once they stop doing athletics, they really just kind of balloon up even more. How would how do you think that breaks down? Like on the offensive line, how many guys are you know like skinny guys who are trying to be fat, and how many guys are fat guys who are trying to be skinny?
0: Uh, I would probably say it's like sixty percent skinny guys trying to be fat, and forty percent fat guys trying to keep their weight down. Yeah. Um, look, I was, I was three fifty five when I entered college as a freshman, and that's only with one one month of lifting. I didn't lift in high school until I graduated, uh, stopped playing baseball. I lifted for one month before I went to Oregon. I was three fifty five. I got up to three seventy two in college. So oh my I'm god! Forty pounds. I'm th- I was you know I was forty pounds less than that when I went to the combine. So I my weight really will probably I'm hoping to lose like twenty pounds. If I lost twenty pounds got to three twenty five, let's say three twenty, I'd be I'd be pumped. Like I mean that's like that's kinda of like my max of where I'll lose weight to. All
4: right, so we've talked about this before, but at the Combine they measure I got two theories that I want to hit you with. One, let's start okay. here. I there is always an obsession, and I'm sure it's going to happen with Baker Mayfield this year with how tall a guy is, right? For a quarterback, they want you to be at least six foot tall. My argument, which I think is mind-blowing, and nobody else seems to be willing to get behind, is you shouldn't measure height. You should measure eye height. In other words, Peyton Manning has got a massive (laughs) forehead. What advantage does he get from the extra three inches of forehead that he has in terms of seeing over the offensive line. That's just like a big, big forehead with no gain at all. What everybody should be measuring is where your eyes are, so the eye height should be what people are concerned about because the head height doesn't matter at all.
0: No, I mean, it sounds good in theory. The problem is is the NFL, first of all, is old school, and they're not going to change the way they do things. And if you started this year, let's say – you know, basically have a new set of data. Like, how do you translate no, no, no. That data? I'm just
4: saying, if play. I were running, if I were running an NFL team, I would go in and I would say, "Stop oh, worrying about being six foot tall." And everybody's like, "Oh, are they going to make it five eleven and three quarters? Or are they going to be six foot <laughs> and a quarter?" Like, measure the eyes and get some data right, that's actually you, statistically valid.
0: Right. But the point is that you compare it to previous quarterbacks. That's why they say, "Well, if yeah, you're no, six I get my tall, quarterbacks." Like
4: I'd get my quarterbacks who are on the roster already to all get their eye measurement. Every, every quarterback we brought in for a visit, I'd get a database and I'd get their eye measurement.
0: Yeah, I, I guess that would, that would work. I, I think I'm telling you, just,
4: if, just Bill Belichick, well. if Bill Belichick heard this theory, he would hire me immediately. He'd be like, this is the kind of thinking we need to continue Patriot-level dominance. All right, here's one theory. Theory two. He'd
0: hire you for the other theory.
4: Here's theory two. Every single body part is measured at the combine, except yeah. for the penis. all right? I'm just gonna throw this out there. What everybody's always like, what unique DNA does a Super Bowl winning quarterback have? What makes one guy a bust and another guy a failure? What if the data point that everybody needs is penis? Every other body part <laughs> gets measured. I'm, t- I'm not this is the legitimate meat market. I mean, you know this. You were there. They measure your arms. They measure your feet. They measure your hip width. They measure your inseam, your outseam, like your neck. Everything about you, how tall you are, how big your hands are, how wide your hand grip is. Only thing they're not measuring is the penis. I feel like we need to add the penis to the measurement roster. Well,
0: I hope I have a good dick day when that happens. Um, I, I, uh, I... yeah, no, I think we, 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 we've talked about this now for, for, for 10 years about doing this. This is my theory. Um, yeah. Like,
4: everybody, you walk out basically in your underwear. I think this is the one of the creepiest things in all of sports, all right? I want, I want people out there to think about this for a minute. People talk all the time about how men objectify women's bodies, right? This is a big thing exactly. now in the Me Too era. It's like, how dare you look at a woman and objectify her body and think about what she might look like naked or think about all these different things, right? Literally the combine is guys walking out in their underwear and all these old dudes sitting there with a notepad. I I can't imagine, like, is there anything more homoerotic than at an NFL combine (laughs) having a notepad? Like, what are they writing down on the notepad when somebody walks out in their underwear?
0: I mean, I think they're writing down body structure. I mean, look, I've had trainers that, that you know, they're like, okay, you're, this is your body structure. This is your body structure. This is what we need to do to fix it. I think they're looking at, at you know, does it, how does a guy carry his weight, right? I'm 340. I probably carry my weight at 340 better than someone else does. But the problem, if you measure the penis, is you have a guy like Steve McNair that would blow it out of proportion. <laughs> it would ruin it would ruin the, the scale on what was good and what was no,
4: bad. That, but you know what can happen? You could have your, your McNair's who are off the charts, but you could also somebody like Bill Belichick would come up with an algorithm where you factor in penis size <laughs> with like completion percentage in college, like quality of a op- opponent, height, everything else. And I guarantee you that algorithm would spit out like the next Tom Brady. You'd be like, this guy. So, now we got all the data. The next next Tom Brady is this guy. I don't know what the ideal penis size is. Uh, I, I, I know.
0: <laughs>
4: I, I know that there's probably so nothing Josh worse. Allen-
0: yeah. So Josh Allen who can't complete any passes, he would be bumped up in Belichick's book if he fit a certain measurement in the yes. uh, in the penis There's scale. no doubt.
4: There's no doubt. And also <laughs> also in the in the larger scale here, is there a worse worst thing that could be said about you than lacks ideal penis size? Like they talk about all the time like short arms, uh lacks ideal size. Like if you went in for the combine and when you left they were like lacks ideal penis size. I think you might have to retire. I think you might either you have to retire. <laughs> Or you would have to make a porno <laughs> movie to prove that you didn't lack ideal penis size.
0: Oh, man. i tell you what. If that was televised, like on Wednesday, I think, <laughs> I think measurement day, that the O-line reported that yeah, O-line running backs, Dusty reported yesterday. I think today or tomorrow is going to be measurement day. Um, if that was televised, that would that would get high ratings. I mean, I think that kneeling or no kneeling, that would be a huge rating. What about Betting.
4: What about betting, like, on the over-unders oh, yeah. on penis size? Like, you can sure. over-under on bench press, and you can over-under. Like, I would be doing all the research. I'd be texting guys, like, who, should I, who do I need to put down money on? Um, here's the other thing. That's, that's real locker room talk. Here's the other thing that I love about this. All right, so I was talking about, like, objectification. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if anything in female athletics remotely uh, uh, was similar to, right now, the NFL Combine? Like at the WNBA, if it was on the air and all the girls had to come out in their underwear and they had to get measured in like every way and it was on television, people would lose their minds. Imagine if like NFL cheerleading, if they did this for NFL cheerleading, people would lose their mind. They'd be like, you can't objectify women like this. This is what sports is. It objectifies everybody based on their physicality. They do it to men too.
0: I think the NBA combine has the same thing. I think I think they kind of have to. It, look, if there is a WNBA combine, I don't, I don't know if there is or not. Uh, I'm sure they do it. They just do it behind closed doors and they, you know, they obviously don't report. Well, said. Look, body structure is important for sports whether you're a male or a female. I don't I don't think that's a, a question. Um, but yeah, it's weird. It's weird to think about like, you know, 300 prospects going in front of, you know, at least one representative from every team, probably more. It's right the strength coaches, probably the dietitians are all staying there. And they're just checking your body out. And, and you do it. And a lot of us, like I said, if you have to gain weight or lose weight, that's a big sigh of relief. I was 331. I couldn't have been more happy.
4: We're talking to Jeff Schwartz. Can you stick with us for a couple more minutes here? I'm going to bring yeah. in my guy. Uh, my guy. Who's the guy I'm bringing in? Yeah, Ralph Irvin. All right, Ralph, tell us what's going on.
1: Well, we have breaking news here in the early mornings, just hours after uh, Papa John's has... Broken up with the NFL, there is a new pizza sponsor, and it is Pizza Hut, agreeing with the NFL on a four-year deal This, according to the Sports Business Daily and worth more than uh, Papa John's was paying. One note, the NFL seeking exposure, probably, and Pizza Hut with three times the number of outlets as Papa John's across the country. In the NBA on Tuesday, Miami got 27 points and the game-winning shot from Dwayne Wade in their 102-101 win over Philadelphia. Cleveland 129-123. They beat Brooklyn LeBron James with a triple-double. Washington wins in Milwaukee 107-104. The Clippers now in 8th place in the Western Conference after their 122-120 win in Denver. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident Car buying experience. And Clay, how about uh, the Miami Hurricanes upsetting number nine, North Carolina, 9188 on senior day?
4: Good stuff as always. We're coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800 947 Auto. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I'm going to tell you, when I heard we had breaking news, like I literally perked up. I was like, oh, what's the breaking news? I think we may have completely overstated the concept of breaking news by leading with the fact that Papa John's has now been replaced by Pizza Hut as the official pizza of the NFL. This might be the most flagrant overuse of breaking news that's ever occurred on this show. And by the way, congrats to both Papa John's and Pizza Hut for getting free mentions uh on the show uh jeff schwartz is that a major break when you heard were you listening were you paying attention when you heard we had made breaking news this morning were you like oh man what happened i can't wait to hear this and then i'm like why the guys not tell me in la why there's breaking news why wasn't i told and then i find out yeah the breaking news sounders that there's a new official pizza of the nfl not really sure unless they're paying for it that that qualifies as breaking news
0: well i saw that this morning already so i've been up since 5 30 so i uh eastern so i uh i saw it this morning i mean look Papa John's wanted out. They got out. Pizza Hut came in. Um, they're gonna, you know, the, the NFL still making money, so um, you know it's, uh, you know, I'm, I've been a, you know, a proponent of the NFL, so I'm glad they're, they're continuing to make money. Pizza Hut has, has better pitch anyway, so glad they're a sponsor.
4: Oh well, uh, there's so much for our Papa John's pitch there. Uh, all right, so <laughs> <laughs> when you look at there are a couple of stories out there about the NFL right now. Um, one is that they are potentially going to change the catch rule. Uh, and say Des Bryant caught it, Calvin Johnson caught it, Jesse James caught it. Is that the right call?
0: Yes. And here's the thing: it's interesting. The, the rule itself is actually very clear, right? I think we understand the rule, but we don't. We just don't like the rule. The rule needs to be changed. You know, people talking about well, the rule. No, the, the rule has to be changed. I think we all know this. We all know what it catches. We know Des Bryant caught the ball, was trying to reach for the goal line. We know Calvin Johnson caught the ball too. We know Jesse James caught. Like, I think we, it's it's a common sense rule. Did he catch the ball? Did he not catch the ball? It's very—I it, don't think it's very often where we really don't know if it's a catch or not. Um, and you could just look on Twitter. Whenever there's a, a national TV game, and most of Twitter agrees it's a catch or it's not a catch. And so I'm glad they're clarifying it. They just have to make the language to where it's easy for referees to interpret it. And then look—I think that we should reward scoring plays in the NFL. People like points. Points drives fantasy football. Points drives. Um, coverage of the game. And when you have a spectacular catch by a wide receiver, running back, tight end, you should, you should reward them with a touchdown. I, I think it's a great idea for the NFL. I don't know if it'll bring more fans back, but I think we'll have a clarity and it, it, will, it won't be distraction in big games. It won't be something that we say after a game, we, you know, we, we only focus on the referee's call, not the entire product that we just saw on Sunday.
4: We're talking to Jeff Schwartz. All right. Um, also, the other potential that they are going to change is they are talking about changing the spot of the foul call in pass interference in the NFL to a 15-yard penalty. I like that call. I'm going to check right now. I want to know what you think. That's the poll question of the day. Do you like that change? Um, and uh, I'm curious what uh, what the answer is going to be from the uh, from the crew. Uh, and, uh, and this is going to be uh, interesting. But do you like that call?
0: I like half of it. Um, I think it needs to be a, a 15-yard penalty or a spot foul, kind of how we determine Yeah, like in kicker. college. And no, 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 no. It needs to be – no, college is 15 no matter – it's a spot foul within 15 yards. But it's yes. 15 – I'm talking about like it's either – inside 15 yards it's a spot foul or it's 15 yards or if it's a blatant pass interference, it needs to be a spot foul. Um, I think NFL cornerbacks are too good – they're going to just start tackling wide receivers downfield. I know that, that, that people say, well, that doesn't happen in college because college wide receivers are wide open all the time. There's not a lot of contested coverage in college because corners are not playing press coverage. Corners are playing off. Corners are exhausted because of the tempo of the offense. I think that the NFL corners are too skilled. They, they often do not get beat um, you know, with, with huge distances to where they can't make it up, they can't die for somebody. I think you're going to have um, a downturn offense, which, look, I understand that that, that defenders will, will love this new rule, but I think it's going to really hamper offense. as soon as you have a guy get beat, you're just going to be tackled. Um, so I think there, there, there can be a way where referees can say, look, this is a 15-yard spot foul, right? If the ball is underthrown by 17 yards and the wide receiver is turning around to stop and the DB runs into him, I think we can say, look, Fifteen-yard penalty, right? Not the ball is nowhere near the wide receiver, or we can say, look, the wide receiver is wide open. The guy who comes up and tackles them—it's a spot foul. I don't think I think that can be determined by the referee, and that would solve a lot of issues.
4: That's a good argument. Um, the poll question up. You can find me on Twitter at Clay Travis. We're talking with Jeff Schwartz. Would you like to see the NFL's pass interference call change to fifteen yards from spot of the foul? of you with about uh, 3,500 votes in as we speak uh, in the last few minutes are saying, yes, you would like to see the NFL make that change. All right, Jeff, you hosted last week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, with Jason Martin. Jason is – I don't think he's tweeted all week. I don't know what he's doing. Um, And he didn't tell me he was out until Saturday uh, night when I texted him to check and see when I got back into the country – uh, my theory is that if I give Jason Martin two choices, the, nor- the normal one or the socially awkward one, he's going to pick the socially <laughs> awkward one every single time. Does that seem strange to you that he wouldn't tell the guy who hosts his show that he's not going to be in all week until via text on Saturday night?
0: Well, maybe he thought you were you were on a cruise, right? So maybe he thought you were you were not capable of answering your telephone i'm just i don't to. Need to ways why i
4: don't need to answer the telephone i mean he could have emailed me he could have potentially told me you know like i i make my my travel plans like six months in advance the uh my bosses <laughs> have my schedule for the next six months of so course. does jason martin like right i i lay it out as far out in advance as i can um i just think that if you're the producer of a show you yeah. should let the guy who you're producing for know instead of via text message on a Saturday night before the Monday that you're not going to be there all week, there's probably a better way to provide said, notification. Did
0: did the did, did, did text just say, like, I'm out this week?
4: <laughs> no, <laughs> I called get, him. Like, I called <laughs> him. The only reason he reached out to me was I called him on Saturday night to check and see how the show had gone for the whole week, and he texted me. Like, I don't know what he's doing that he can't answer his phone, first of all. If you are single and you do not have children and you work for me, and I call you. I don't care what time of day or night it is. You should answer the phone. That's my theory. Now, some of you out there might say that's too much to expect. I don't think so. Like, and at a minimum, you should be able to call and do something other than send a text. I don't even know what he's doing.
0: yeah, I, I think it was Bar wasn't it Barstool's CEO who said, like, if you don't call me back within three hours after I, I call you like you're not my employee anymore. Like in, like in this in this day and, she and got, age, she
4: got criticized. I, I think that's totally fair. If you are in the media, if you have a sports media job, yes, and it's daylight, and you get contacted, and you can't get back in touch with the person who contacted you in three hours, I think you need to find a new job. I really do. I agree. Like,
0: in this day and age, I agree. And look, and and my mom is just retired as an attorney, but she you know she said like the things that have changed in her profession are that everyone wants instant instant like response, and she said even she has got to get used to like. People want response now. Like, like, if I email someone, I better get a response now. It used to be where, you know, you fax somebody or you email them or take a day to get back to you. But she's like, if I email you, if you work for me and I email you, I better get a response like today. Like, you better do your job. I totally understand wanting to get a response um, as soon as possible. It, with everyone with their cell phones, with their emails, with constant contact, I get why bosses would want you know, answers right away.
4: No doubt at all, uh, all right, anybody that last question for you of the quarterbacks uh, that's going to be the number one story of the draft, of no matter what. Do you have an early read on who you would take first overall among the quarterbacks?
0: i mean i, I think I think Rosen is the most ready now, um, and I've seen more things start to come out now where you know NFL people and you know those anonymous sources don't really you know don't really mind his attitude, which I never thought was a big problem. Um, if you're the Browns, they don't seem really enamored by anybody, which seems to be a Browns issue every single year. Um, I think they're going to draft Darno just because he has, I think, more upside than than Rosen does. Rosen, little slighter Bill, he, he seems to be beat up very often, so I think Darno will go one. As a class, though, I mean, I think that that if Lamar Jackson goes to the right situation, he can succeed. Obviously, Baker Mayfield is supremely talented. He's going to take a little bit of time to get up to speed. Um, you know, we could have three really good quarterbacks and three busts. That's about right, 50-50%.
4: Good stuff as always. We'll talk to you next week, Jeff Schwartz. Enjoy watching the Underwear Olympics as you get some time. All right, take care, guys. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Don't miss this action thriller, Death Wish, in theaters Friday, March 2nd. Um, You guys, by the way, you were bringing us back with Biggie. You watched that show on USA about the murders of uh, Notorious B.I.G. and Tupac?
1: Yeah, I did see it. It was really how good. How is it? Yeah, it's good. You'd love it.
4: Is it uh, – well, how many episodes is it? Um, I – I think it's just one. I mean, I I mean, but they don't, it's not like I can go watch the entire Like, it's not all up for streaming right now. You have to wait week by week, right? Right,
1: right. O- only when they air it.
4: But it's good? Like, the first episode was good? Yeah, you'd like it. Um, It's still kind of crazy they haven't figured out who killed either of those guys, isn't it?
1: Not, not really, because, you know, there's other, quote unquote, assassinations where just gets buried, and we're not ever going to find out, right? If they if they don't have any leads in the first 48 hours, the first week after it happens, it just feels like they're never going to find out.
4: I just think it's wild. I mean, I, I understand, like, for a lot of shootings where you don't have the resources to kind of put everybody at work on it, but can you imagine if that happened this day and age with social media? I know we ask that question a lot, but Tupac getting shot in the wake of a Mike Tyson fight would have been... Beyond massive, and there would have been video evidence of it, like on Twitter, like everything would have immediately gone out. Same thing with Notorious Big getting shot at a party in L.A. There would have been everybody would have been there, Snapchatting, Instagramming, everything else. Like there would have been so much social media to review. It would have just been wild. I think maybe they would have been able to catch the people. If honestly, in a modern social media era, it would have been uh, potentially a lot more evidence involved. Certainly, um, let me bring in Britt McHenry at Britt McHenry on Twitter. She's got a bunch of new jobs.
6: Tupac.
4: <laughs> Getting, uh, Are you watching? Uh, do you have any theories on who killed Notorious B.I.G. or Tupac, Britt?
6: No, but there was a thread on Twitter. Anyone listening, I, I strongly suggest looking it up. It was only a couple days ago, too, uh, about, like, Tupac is not dead. And this kid, it got, like, 200,000 retweets and favorites, and he went through maybe a little bit too much time on his hands, but, like, went through... All these different reasons why, like, found a picture, a photo of Tupac in a car that was taken the day after he was reportedly killed. It was all along the conspiracy theory of, like, maybe he's, he's still alive and out are, there. And how, are like, there, what's that?
4: Yeah, no, no, I was going to say, like, that that conspiracy theory has been out there for a while. Tupac's alive. Elvis is alive. Are there any conspiracy theories that you believe? Because sometimes conspiracy theories end up being true. Let me give you an example. When I was in college in Washington, D.C., there was a building on Embassy Row that was widely rumored to be like a spy house instead of an embassy. And nobody ever went in or out of it. And, like, people would talk about it, and it was discussed in the neighborhood. A few years later, the Washington Post does this huge expose about how that was like a CIA, NSA house. And the only reason it had existed was so we could build a tunnel underneath the Russian embassy and try to be able to listen to what they were talking about inside the Russian embassy in D.C. So everybody who had lived in that neighborhood and was like, there's something strange about this house, the people who go in it are so weird, they were actually right. It was like a conspiracy. It was an NSA place. And so every now and then one of these stories come out, and I say this one all the time, I believe this 100%. I'm not kidding with you all. I believe that David Stern suspended Michael Jordan for gambling on basketball games, and that's why he went and played baseball. Like, I 100% believe that that is true. I think Jordan didn't voluntarily leave basketball. I think David Stern suspended him, and that is a secret between the two of them that both of them are going to take to their grave, and that's a conspiracy that I believe, like, in the world of sports. Are there any that you believe? And
6: that's, and I agree with you with Michael Jordan's best, PR spin ever <laughs> to, yeah uh, you know I just want to ride minor league buses for the fun of it just experience it um no I I would say you know what gets me a little like creeped out are the, the JFK conspiracy theories just because I mean that not to get morbid here but if you think about like our president publicly at an event like that especially with how hostile tensions are right now to have an assassination of the leader of the free world, and, and what it must have been like, especially at that time, to like listen on a little radio and not have TV or social media, and and how the shooter still was able to get in the vicinity of him, because you know there's the theories about um, everything with Cuba and uh, Cuban Missile Crisis, and how maybe the government could have been in on it. I don't know. I'm, yeah, I, I just get I'm fascinated with JFK and the theories around him, so. I might listen to those, but I'm telling you, Clay. I know the Tupac rumors have been out there. Got to find this thread on Twitter because there were like 20 tweets, and, and it mentioned how any rapper like Suge Knight, anybody who referenced Tupac being alive still, like something immediately happened to them right after.
4: What do so. you, Dan, Danny G? You're the resident Tupac expert on the show. What do you think about the Tupac <laughs> is still alive rumors?
2: I feel like he would have got a hold of our show because he definitely would be an OutKick listener.
4: <laughs> yeah, you think Tupac he would have been a big fan of OutKick. Uh, are there any conspiracies either of you guys believe that are legitimately true? Uh, how about Bigfoot? Oh, you believe in big? I see. I can see that happening. Yeah, like, I think. I just a... feel
6: like the Loch Ness monster too. There's just a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me
4: if there's a weird animal that we haven't discovered. <laughs> Justin, you believe that Chick Fil A is not a good restaurant, so that's like <laughs> as much of a conspiracy as I'm allowing you to have any opinion on at all. Um, the moon
3: landing hoax.
4: Yeah, the flat Earth <laughs> stuff. Like, what I we need to get Kyrie Irving on the show. Because Kyrie Irving and also who was it, Geno Smith, said he's been researching the Earth and like he thinks it's flat. What I don't understand about the flat earth people is this. All right. First of all, I'm not even talking about do you think all of those photos are fake? Do you think like Elon Musk is making up the fact that he's sending rockets to the moon and and into space and putting like a Tesla to float around the planet, all that stuff? You think all that's faked, whatever. If you believe in a flat Earth. Wouldn't there still be new parts of earth to discover? Wouldn't it be like Mario Brothers where every new like you know how you like it's flat and you go onto a new page? Like wouldn't you be able to theoretically just walk forever? And if you believe in a flat earth, how would Kyrie Irving explain that he could take off in New York City, fly all the way around the globe and end up back in New York City? Like that seems like a really tough thing to get past if you believe in a flat earth, right? You start one place and you can finish there right you have fly over asia you fly over all the countries you would go over i don't understand what they think the flat earth actually is like is there a part of earth where everything just drops off and like the world just ends i'm not i'm not really fully versed on the flat earth aspects
6: yeah that just reminded me of that scene in inception i don't know if anyone here has oh, <laughs> seen that movie Yes. Yeah, where he's just, like, walking and, and everything's flat, but, like, the buildings just kind of bend to him. I, I mean, I'm personally not going to take my geography uh, advice from Kyrie Irving, but, hey, more power to you if, if you want to believe the world flat because I'm with you, Clay.
4: Britt, have you seen Die Hard?
6: No. Actually, oh, oh that bad. I know I just bragged about like loving movies and I haven't seen Die Hard or maybe No, I did. Yeah, the reason so why awesome. I'm thinking
4: about it is yesterday we were talking to Petros Papadakis and so if I mm-hmm. say to you Nakatomi Tower, what does that mean to you?
6: Nothing.
4: Oh my god. <laughs> like so I don't so let's talk about this for a minute. How have you not seen? How have you not so the reason this came up yesterday <laughs> with Petros and I decided mm-hmm. to test you on it was I was in LA uh, with a twenty two year old recent college graduate, Fox PA. And okay. she was driving me to my hotel. And it's don't worry, there's no Harvey Weinstein awful part of this. Yeah, story. I was gonna say that's start
6: of
5: a good
4: story. <laughs> yeah, this that's not it's not gonna go that direction. So she's driving me to the hotel. When you're a you know T V person and the PA is like they'll drive you around in LA. I never had a car. And where I would stay in LA, for people out in LA, they'll know exactly where this is, in Century City, I would stay at the Intercontinental Hotel right beside the Fox lot. On Avenue of the Stars and so as you're driving down Avenue of the Stars the Nakatomi Tower building is on your right side all right and Mm -hmm. I was telling that girl because she was new to LA I'm like oh that's the Nakatomi Plaza nothing and then she did exactly what you did Britt she also did not know about the movie Die Hard so you're younger than me but it's really got me wondering now is there this huge lack of female knowledge of the movie Die Hard in America today how have you not seen it?
6: I don't. I don't know on on Christmas. You know, I I always see the debates, right? It's like Die Hard. The Christmas yes. Movies, Christmas party. and you have no um, opinion
4: because you've never seen it.
6: No, and it's always men. It's always like in my timeline yeah, on Twitter, like it's a good Ian point. Rappaport and Trey Wingo. I I don't really see women weighing in on Die Hard because I I stick to like the Griswold vacations of the world at Christmas. So no, I haven't seen it.
4: So here's, okay, so let's get to, let's dive into, first of all, you've got some new news and we'll talk about your new job, but the NFL combine is going on. Have you ever covered the NFL combine
6: first time last year and it is a show and by show, I mean, it's a a drinking show for a lot, not the, not the, the college kids but everybody else involved with it—it's like, like all the rigged.
4: coaches and administra- like uh, GMS and everything else—they basically just go out and have fun in Indianapolis because they're you know it's not like I mean they're getting the info all provided to them, but it's kind of a big social event.
6: Yeah, at the end of the day, you're watching young kids like running forties so in it's, their underwear it's their day at, at, at you know four o'clock in the afternoon, and everything in Indy is so like. It, centrally located and, and small, quite frankly, that they'll just walk over from uh, the conference center, like across the street to the main four bars. And, and I'm, I'm not kidding when I say starting at like 4.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> so that's why it's always referred to as this great networking thing, because it's one of the few times other than the Super Bowl, but like less fanfare to just go like you just walk into a bar and Cherry Jones is at a table like to your right. It's, it's wild.
4: So, are you with me that it is incredibly strange? Like, I was talking about this earlier on the show that guys just walk out in their underwear at the NFL combine, right? Like, just in their yeah. underwear. And there's a huge collection of NFL people, almost all of which are male. And they have, like, their notepads and their iPads and their, like, laptops. And they immediately start writing stuff about this nearly naked man who's just standing in front of them. Like I find it to be one of the strangest things, super weird things that it goes on in all of sports.
6: It yes, that is definitely true. And it also like what I noticed last year, I actually was relegated to like social media stuff for ESPN. So I went in a room or two where um it was like the the high profile picks right like the yes. guys that you know are probably going to be in the first round and it's the fawning over these, these young 20 year old kids was 21 year old kids was insane clay like i'm not even just talking about like they're they're standing there you know half nude and having people gawk at them like in the drills but just the like oh my god you know so-and-so's coming in like <laughs> Deshaun Watson's coming in like hush everybody we gotta like make it perfect and I just sort of gotta laugh at like wow we these kids are gods no wonder some of them have trouble their first year like we treat them that way
4: no it reminds me of when you talk to college coaches and they say the entire recruiting process is about teaching kids that they are perfect and then as soon as you get them to sign you have to unrecruit them you have to convince them that they're not perfect and that their world is not you know like that they're not flawless human beings all right (laughs) you have got a new gig, which I think is going to be really cool, on yeah. Fox 5 in D.C. And you got a bunch more gigs, I know, coming up. But tell people what you're going to be doing at Fox 5.
6: So I'm really excited about this. Uh, Fox 5 is an owned Fox News station. So um, it's, it's definitely, like, one of their leading corporate locals in the country. And it's a show with Bram Weinstein, former Sports center anchor, really great guy, uh, we disagree a lot on a lot of stuff politically, but that's what makes the show great. And then the other uh, colleague I on the show is uh, Guy Lambert. So he works at WPGC in town, which is a hip hop, a really popular hip hop station, and has gone into more, you know, hosting and anchoring and news as well. And we, it's just, it's a half an hour of breaking down. Usually, like the A block is going to be like the main top political stories, and then, you know, we'll still cover just hot topics and. Um, you know Fergie's terrible national anthem and a couple sports stories sort of like you do on your show Clay that yeah kind of thing. so I mean it's just fun like we've gone through a couple run-throughs and you know the goal is it's starting out once a week but um, I think you know I have the confidence in it that it'll do well and it'll go to you know daily and then we can syndicate it to the other Fox owned stations which anyone listening I would be on the lookout for that in terms of you know, I, I think these different—the Sinclairs of the world, the Foxes of the world—like they have directives to create new programming, original programming to syndicate, just like you're syndicated across the country. So, um, I, I think that's that's a goal, and it's just a perfect mix right now of what I wanted to do.
4: We're talking to Britt McHenry. Um, I started off the show talking about LeBron James's equality shoes, and also, uh-huh. yeah, which I'm sure you've seen, and also, I wasn't on last week because I was on the Disney Family Cruise, but. <laughs> Uh, but we also uh, obviously had the huge blow-up between Laura Ingram and LeBron James over the hey, shut-up oh, yeah. and dribble comments. What, I didn't see what you tweeted because I wasn't as active on Twitter. What were your thoughts on that in general?
6: I'm glad we're addressing this. I was like you here, Clay. I think I texted you about it. But, um, look, I okay. factually speaking, she, was, she wasn't accurate when uh, she referred to him dropping out of high school because he did finish, I believe, um, and I, I thought it was a little bit like people don't understand. And for anyone listening, cause you know, I'm, I'm on Fox news a lot. It's not a Laura specific thing. It's not a race thing that, that a lot of people are making it out to be. There is just a sense when you get into that political world, as you know, Clay, that like, if you come from the sports world, you're not quite as credible or taken seriously, you know, and, and no one's ever really said that ex- to me but you could just tell like you have to earn your stripes it's a different genre
5: and, and,
4: and, and by the way this wouldn't be different if say uh i don't know who's the famous like matt lauer got fired who's the most famous person in the world of politics right now if wolf blitzer came on my show and I said, Wolf, who's going to win the Super Bowl this year? I don't think everybody out there would be like, oh, that's Wolf Blitzer. I definitely want to hear what he thinks about who's going to win the Super Bowl. He might be a great interview, and he might also be a knowledgeable sports fan, but I don't think you're automatically assuming that because Wolf Blitzer covers politics all day that he's also going to be great at breaking down like the idea of who's going to win the Super Bowl or the college football national championship or the NCAA tournament or anything else just because he hasn't demonstrated over the years that he has any expertise particularly in that field
6: absolutely I, and that's not a race thing to me that's just if he was on your show there probably be just a ton of jokes of like clack you know what, what are you doing this guy covers beltway politics like we want a former athlete to weigh in on the Super Bowl so Uh, that's more of the context. You and I have both gone on uh, several times on Fox with, with all of the NFL protests and just the diver, the, the coming together of sports and politics this last fall. And, you know, I had to say to some producers, like, Hey, like I, (laughs) I could come on and talk about other stuff too and, and sort of earn my stripes. So it was more of that. Of course, everyone made it into this huge race thing. And then I saw some tweets like, from a couple ESPN hosts saying like, oh, she's just a nobody. She's trying to use LeBron James for ratings and traffic. Um, excuse me, do you realize as you do, Clay, yes. how many viewers a night those primetime shows get on Fox? Like, we're talking three million viewers, two point five to three million In They're context, more popular
4: than NBA games.
6: Yeah, an average sports center during the day now maybe gets a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand viewers. Like it's so I just thought that was a weird hill to die on because it's like well you know i think you'd be pretty happy if you were getting her numbers um and i don't know the pylon was crazy what did you think about it
4: i i came on i just said look i mean i think what i would like to see from athletes is if you want to get political move beyond banal and trite cliches, yes
5: uh
4: and and actually give me an opinion that's controversial for instance uh, do like there are lots of controversial political opinions out there Uh, I I said one of mine is I think we should legalize many drugs and also legalize prostitution, right? That's controversial. Mm -hmm. A lot of people listening to me right now are going to say, you're crazy, right? But that's a controversial opinion that I have. I think the death penalty shouldn't exist, right? I mean, there are lots of things that I believe that aren't the current law of the land that shouldn't exist or that should change so far LeBron James hasn't told me anything that has advanced the cause or been remotely controversial so I mean that's my biggest issue with him like if you want to step into politics prove that you have the depth of knowledge to do so and also say something other than like I'm opposed to violence I don't like Donald Trump I I believe in equality yeah like okay like none of that is actually very substantive at all Britt Great stuff, as always. People, go follow her at Britt McHenry on Twitter. And awesome news on the new gig. I can't wait to check it out.
6: Yeah, there's a couple more uh, coming, so stay tuned. And hopefully this could be back to a
0: regular thing.
4: Yes, Wednesdays in the third hour. Britt is now with us. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh,
0: O'Reilly.